This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, the show is all about soul, astrology, karma, etc., stuff and junk. What I'm trying to do here with the show if you're new to it, is help you understand more about intentionally and consciously living on planet Earth, given the fact that you are an energetic being, that you are consciousness having a human experience. You are not your age, your chosen profession, your ideal profession. You are not your family. You are not your relationships and obligations. You are an energetic being using all these things to learn through the lens of being human, what it means to be human, what it costs and what it takes. So the show's title is A Soul's Journey, Astrology and Channeling. And I combine astrology, an evolutionary astrology approach, which looks at how people change over time. And it does presume reincarnation. So this is a multi-life approach. And I also combine what I've learned from being a psychic medium, as well as a channel and uh, so working with uh, angelic beings, ascended masters, as well as uh, the spirits of dead people to learn about soul and then taking all of that to, uh, to teach about astrology. So that's what the show is about in case you are um, new to the show or even if you've been listening to it but perhaps need a little refresher on what I'm doing here. <laughs> so, so the soul's journey, astrology and channeling. So tonight... Um, this is a karma show, and uh, the subtitle is What You Believe It Means. The it is everything and anything, because karma is about a belief, but it's not just your brain saying something. It's actually a belief that is attached to an emotion, and there's a bubble of pain or joy or grief or trauma or elation or passion or purpose there's a bubble in your emotional body and there's kind of like this um label those old label makers those little plastic label makers Uh, there's a label on it that says this is what this feeling means so i'm going to talk about three different things one is potential karmic sources of depression, meaning potential issues in many lives that may come out as depression now. And we are going to look at a chart of a, an author and a professor of psychology who talks openly about his depression, and uh, we have his chart. Without a birth time, but we have his chart. Um, and I've heard a couple of interviews with him, and there's something about him that's really intriguing. So we're going to look at his chart, talk about depression. Uh, his name is Andrew Solomon. And then we're going to talk about 
karma of racism, which has come up on this show before, uh, in the sh- particularly in the show maybe a year, year and a half ago called Us Versus Them, <laughs> about the global healing issue, the global issue that's being healed from across time about what to do with the other. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about uh, reproduction from a karmic angle. So anyway, these are three different topics that had them on my mind, and I was making notes, and I said, what ties them together? What is it that ties them together? And this is what ties them together. It's a way of approaching these two things and talking about uh, karma, what it is, and how to deal with it. I, I don't know if there are other astrologers out there, especially evolutionary astrologers who talk about karma quite a lot. I haven't heard anybody say, except myself, that you can change karma. Because my impression is that they're they're coming from mo- most humans doing astrology, just to be fair to all of us, are coming from an astrological tradition of one kind or another. And some of those are informed by Buddhism or Hinduism or different religious traditions that have a take on karma, that have a teaching on karma. And when I was studying those and reading those, as I was starting out, I said, there's something missing. So I asked if there were if there was a being hanging around who might help me, a helpful being. I was learn I had learned how to channel spirit guides, and I knew there was more. So I kind of asked that tongue in cheek, and this uh, voice from the other room showed up, who eventually turned out to be Saint Germain, Thoth, Jehudi, Merlin, that being who has uh, different names. And I asked him for essentially tutoring time. To help, to help me understand more about astrology and soul, because religious conceptions of soul and karma were not working for me. And he was happy to, to help me out. So that, that information informs this entire show and all 130 uh, uh, archived episodes. It forms everything I do. But it also is the basis of The Soul's Journey 1, 2, and 3, that trilogy of books. And so I highly recommend, if you are interested uh, in this work, if you're interested in how I speak the language of astrology, that you start with The Soul's Journey 1, and if you like it, get the other two, because the other two are explorations of uh, the same principles. But all the principles that I use are laid out. You know, They're informed by working with the Ascended Master and also uh, the Spirits of Dead People. All of that is in the Soul's Journey 1, so I encourage you to, to get that. And then uh, Soul's Journey 2 is a workshop format, a transcription of a workshop, in which I take seven people through their karmic stories using those principles. And Soul's Journey 3 is a case study about my own work with 19 of my own past lives, or my own other lives associated with my soul, from the standpoint of working with an emotion that's tied to a belief that is karma. So, so that's a it's a very very rich and very very deep uh, set of set of books. I encourage you to you to get. It, apparently, the my Lilith book is answering a, a thirst that people have for a positive approach to Lilith, and that's my most popular book. Um, but if you really want to know how I do charts and how I approach karma, reincarnation, and how I actually talk with my 
astrology clients and students, that is where to go, the Soul's Journey 1. The subtitle is Astrology, Reincarnation, and Karma with the Medium and Channel. So the point is here that I teach that you can change karma, but that you have to understand what it is first. So this show fits into that. Also, the, the other announcement is that for the rest of June, there are actually two announcements. The first one is, if you want to study with me, I have time for some students right now, so feel free to be in touch to find out if it's good for you. And for listeners of The Soul's Journey, there's 10% off packages of four hours of tutoring. You can give it a try. Anything that I do, you can ask about. Now, if you, if you come in and say, um, I, I really want to know how to tell people when their, their lost dogs or lost mates are going to come home, I'll say, I can't, I can't tell you that. Or, you know, I don't do horror, I don't do certain things, but reincarnation, a karmic approach to chart analysis, using asteroids and some centaurs, uh, transits, progressions, telling a karmic story, locational work, as in astrocartography, all of those things I do do. So um, anyway, that's for the rest of the month, 10% off packages of four hours of tutoring. Get that through tdjacobs.com. And on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see a radio show archive button. Go there, and the, the, the link is on there to get the deal. And the other announcement is the Caitlyn Jenner karmic profile. People were talking quite a lot about her. And I did a profile of Bruce Jenner several months ago on the show. And, I'm, and that's uh, typically available in the archive to those who subscribe to it or subscribers to my monthly service for whom the archive is a perk. But for the rest of the month, I'm going to leave uh, the Caitlyn Jenner karmic profile. Uh, it's called Soul and Gender. That's the title of the show. And I go into Soul and Gender. And also uh, Chelsea Manning uh, is also included in there, two transgender profiles. Those are the announcements. So let's move on to um, a karma show, what you believe it means. So as I said, karma is a belief that is tied to an emotion. Now, that emotion, in fact, if it's important, it can become karma. So if, if somebody says to you, um, I hate you, but you have a pretty good self-image, that, that statement won't be meaningful. If everybody you love tells you they hate you, starting when you're three years old, <laughs> then that's going to make an impact. So that could become karma. Just a thing in passing, no big deal. Whatever, that person doesn't like me, but I like myself. Same with anything you could think about yourself or anyone could think or say about you. The way you appear to others, anything you choose to do, what it me you know, the judgments you have about yourself that others have about you, everything. These important emotions are those that, that can become attached to karma wrapped up with a belief, what they are those that you would respond to in a knee-jerk, instinctive, impulsive way. So something comes up in your life and you have this, somebody says something and they don't even know that it may affect you, but you start to have this like stomach turning or your heart closing or your throat closing. You have some reaction. You are having an un- witting or unconscious reaction to that. Now, then you're aware of what the body is doing. You might be aware that you're having an emotional response. But what you, don't, what you might not realize 
as a is that as a matter of course, when somebody says something that triggers an old belief you have or a belief that's entrenched or etched into your emotional body or graffitied on it or, or keyed into it, like the image of like a you know, somebody keying a car, that's sometimes what I find in the emotional body, like a scrape in the paint or something like that. Uh, when I look at people's uh, energy fields in sessions, but you're responding to something. Now, the key to changing karma is let yourself feel what you can feel. But in that process, be really, really attuned to what it seems to mean that you're feeling it. And this is the trick. I go into this quite a lot in The Soul's Journey 3, a case study, which this kind of this kind of perspective is an evolution of uh, the evolution of, of how I have approached this. When I wrote The Soul's Journey 1 in 2009-2010, uh, I had this image of changing karma and I was changing certain karmas of my own. P particularly with Mars and Uranus in the first house being square the nodes, I had been accident prone forever and I changed it. I changed my mind. I, I identified a belief that I held that said I wasn't safe and I changed it. So that ended. Um, that manifestation ended. There are other Mars-Uranus things I'm learning, but I was able to change it. So I felt really strong and empowered about writing that book. And, and so I talked about that and I was teaching it and having great success with, with students and clients. Um, but the evolution of it comes with several years later, as I learned how to feel into what hurts or what I love, to feel into it and to let parts of me articulate or let, let myself articulate what I'm feeling. So if you're sitting with a friend and this friend says, I have this irrational reaction to, um, to something, right? And you say, oh, yeah, yeah. And the person explains the latest manifestation and how he or she ran shrieking from the room, whatever, yeah, whatever. Uh, started pulling her hair out because she made her crazy, whatever. She had this like ridiculous, you know, seemingly ridiculous reaction to something somebody said or did or what was happening. You can say, oh, wow, that's crazy. But you can also say, what words go with that emotion? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to turn you into an emotional counselor for your friend. That's fine. Uh, you can handle it. I think it's a good thing for you to develop. <laughs> so um, what, is it, what does it mean? What, did it, what does it seem to mean? And the person might say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just this crazy reaction. Well, when I'm doing emotional counseling with clients, I say, I won't accept I don't know. So... What, just take a minute, tap into that feeling again. What does it seem to mean? What kind of a person is that other person? What kind of a person are you that this is happening to you? You know, What kind of place is this that this thing could happen here? And I'm looking for, I tell my clients all the time, the petty, immature answer that would embarrass your adult self, <laughs> that would embarrass your, the spiritually sophisticated, savvy, you know, spiritual student who's calling me for this work, who's paying me for this work, the part of you that does the meditation and gets grounded and, you know, works with crystals. I want to hear, I don't want to hear from that part of you. I want to hear from the stupid, petty, immature, childish part that's just feeling. 
So it's time for uh, the first break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. Tonight, it's a karma show, what you believe it means. Stick with me. I'll be right back. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. That's where I am on the web on the planet. Right now I'm in Tucson, uh, Arizona. This show tonight, a karma show, what you believe it means. How to change karma, how to understand what karma is. Karma is a belief that is attached to an emotion. The key to what I was talking about before the break, are giving space to articulate what that feeling is and the petty part. I want to hear what the answer that's true that would embarrass you, the instinctive thing that wants to roll off your tongue, the thing that really frustrates you. Because you're not frustrated because, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're frustrated because this person did that thing to you. And, you know, your adult self will have some explanation or rationale, but we don't want to hear from that part of you. The adult self, the grounded, savvy, spiritually sophisticated part, is the part that can deal with it. But that part, if that part of you that presumes wisdom is always in charge, the other parts can't really be heard, so the tension under the surface, the bubbles that hurt, will persist. So you have to hear what parts of you have to say 
and then you consciously change the belief. And this is where this gets into, you know, spiritual teaching and life engineering and consciousness raising as opposed to astrology. And I often don't feel like I'm an astrologer because astrologers are starting, astrology is a starting place for me. And when I started doing this work in 2004, when I started seeing clients, I thought I was an astrologer. And pretty much right away, spirit guides kind of start, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't, don't want to say weaseled their way in, but kind of wedged, that's the better word, <laughs> weaseled. They wedged their way in, and I couldn't deny that, and they were so uh, off the charts helpful <laughs> with answering questions I had about charts and lives, and then the mediumship and then the channeling. So, so I thought I was an astrologer, but it turns out for me then and also in every reading, it's a starting off point because we're talking about your consciousness, your life, the way that you live, the way that you operate yourself as an energetic conscious being. And most of us are not intentional about that. The reason is because we have not yet learned, or I should say, because I want to be fair to you and to me, <laughs> that we are in the process of learning what it means to be energetic beings, which is to say how to become more aware of, allow, but then also intentionally work with our emotions. So the key to working with and changing karma, it's a belief, but it's a belief attached to an incredibly intense emotion, a seductively uh, wave-inducing emotion, meaning you get swept away by the wave when the feeling comes up. You get swept away by the wave of emotion when the feeling comes up. And this is why, if you're not intentional about your life on a given day or for a given four-decade period, or longer, it's up to you, this is why. Because your conscious self is not operating on all, on all bands of consciousness. Because you get swept away by emotion. You get swept away by the feeling because the joy or the pain can overwhelm you in the moment. And again, that's what the Soul's Journey Trilogy of Books aims to do. To help you, to give you these, these concepts, but then to take you through the process of telling a karmic story in your own chart. And understanding that you have been shaped by very real experiences that are not part of your biography as the person you are named in this life, it attached to this body, this family. So it's all about emotion. It's all about dealing with emotions, which in fact is kind of the unifying theme of this show, as it turns out. We come at it from different ways, and it all comes back to the same thing, belief and emotion, how I believe, or what I believe, my feeling means. So I want to get into, uh, I want to get into these three, uh, these three issues. First, I want to talk about the depression thing. This dude, uh, I've heard this interview, uh, two different interviews with him. His name is Andrew Solomon. And for your reference, I'm going to give you his, uh, his uh, birth data. We don't have a time, but the, it's October 30th, 
1963 in uh, New York City. So New York, New York. And what caught my attention when I heard the first interview, which was recorded in 2012, but I heard it within the last year. And it was about um, his a book called Far From the Tree, and it's about uh, identity development with kids and with kids in terms of parents. So like kid, parents, kids, identity, something like this. And something about how thoughtful and intentional he was really appealed to me. And it, just as one kind of generic kind of class of example, uh, the interviewer would say, uh, this is what, you mentioned this in your book, is that true? And instead of saying yes, and then moving on, he paused, and then he explained an answer. And there was something so thoughtful about it that I just said, yeah, I love that. And I meant to uh, look him up and, and read the book because it sounds fascinating. He's a professor of psychology, and so uh, he's coming at it from that angle. And I uh, didn't get there. And then the other day, heard a second interview with him, and I had the same, like without even hearing who it was because I skipped the intro, I had the same response to just the energy in his voice. And I said, yeah, I, I want to know more about him. So I listened to this interview, and this was about a book he published in 2001 called The Noonday Demon, which is about depression. And it's just coming out with a revised edition, including uh, an update to or a recap of research in the last thir you know, 13, 14 years about um, pregnant women and depression whether they had been taking antidepressants and kind of in that space before and then couldn't take them during pregnancy or during pregnancy became depressed. And so it was really thoughtful and wonderful. These two interviews are from Fresh Air, uh, from NPR, by the way, which is something I often listen to because it's not uh, fear-based news crap about how everyone's killing each other. Thoughtful interviews. <laughs> so... Um, so he's talking about depression, he's talking about his own process, he's talking about his own medication regimen and the side effects and th this whole this whole bit he's going through. And so I look up his chart and um, and the first thing again, I'm going to give you the data again. October 30th, 1963, New York, New York, and uh, we don't have a birth time. I encourage you, by the way, I mentioned this on the show when it comes up, but I, I'm going to say it again. I encourage you to make up a chart without houses. Don't make a chart for 6 a.m. with the sun rising, as sun right on the ascendant. Don't do that because it that messes up your brain. <laughs> do it without houses so you don't have to deal with that. I, I do that on astro.com very easily. It doesn't, you say, if I don't know the time, it assumes 12 noon hypothetical for planetary placements, but there's, but Aries is all, the Aries point is always uh, where the ascendant would be, but there are no houses, no angles. So South Node's in Capricorn for him, which indicates many lives of seriousness, perhaps difficulty, perhaps lack, an emphasis on work ethic, responsibility, maturity, perhaps an emphasis specifically on business or, or government. But there's, a, there's an emphasis on practicality, building things, and what that naturally means is that the North Node's in Cancer, which is a call to learn how to see the world through the lens of emotion. So in many, many lives, Cancerian energy is missing. And nobody in his family systems in many lives can teach him how to approach emotion in a healthy way. That's the first thing. So he's very, um, 
eloquently and cogently discussing depression without a healthy relationship to his own emotions to begin with because of the karmic conditioning. This is about karmic conditioning. It's about what the soul has some experience, so there's no criticism. It's not saying he missed something. It's saying that his soul has had him miss something again and again in order to learn how to step into it intentionally, even though nobody who cares about him can really teach him, at least when he's younger. The other thing about emotion in here is that Moon is um, highly likely square the nodal. Actually, no. No matter when he's born during that day, the Moon is square the nodes. Moon's in Aries with Jupiter and Eris, and they're both retrograde, the latter two in Aries. When something is square the nodes, there's something about that planetary archetype we don't understand. Moon's about happiness, needs, emotion, safety, security, belonging. But here's the key to this. Jupiter, square the nodes, is very often somebody who is overconfident or underconfident or overly optimistic or underly, <laughs> underly optimistic. And what Jupiter square the node says is that I have risked something huge. And in this case, it has to do with moon. So what I, what I would say to him if he came to me as a client is in certain lives, Necessity and practicality rule the day, Capricorn South Node. And you are trying to figure out what makes you happy, and you may overdo taking risks to create happiness, but you also may undertake risks. Like, oh my gosh, undertake is actually a word. Overtake, undertake, they're not opposites. That you may, um, you may err on the side of conservatism, especially given a Capricorn South Node, about risk-taking to make yourself happy. So, so we should assume that in some lives he's overdoing Moon and Aries, and some lives he's underdoing Moon and Aries, and none of it works out very well. Well, that could lead somebody to be unhappy. So whatever risk I take to make myself happy doesn't, doesn't pan out. That sucks. This is what it feels like. So there's, there's one idea. There's one idea. But then, and, the, and, and actually what I'm about to, to talk about is what caught my eye in the first place. I do use one minor aspect, which is the quincunx. It's about 150 degrees. And uh, quincunx means five twelfths. So an opposition would be six twelfths, right? Opposite. So it's 150 degrees. And he's got a couple of things regarding Pluto that, and the South Node ruler Saturn that make a big difference here. One of them is Pluto and Uranus conjunct in Virgo quincunx that moon. So moon is square the nodes. How can I be happy? But then Pluto, Uranus, or quincunx, and that and quincunxes are kind of an a thing that appears unavoidable. It's out of left field. I don't know how to be in the same room with it. We don't speak the same language, and this thing knocked me off course. Put on Uranus. If that knocks you off course, that's really hard. Pluto's power, Uranus's sudden change. So that's one level. 
So every day in his life now, not just the karmic signature, but every day in his life, Moon in his psyche is in a relationship with Pluto that says, I can't be in the same room. So if Pluto exists, I can't be happy. Well, you know what? People die. We lose things. Uh, tragic weather events happen. Um, we find circumstances that are outside of our control. Uh, our IRAs lose value. <laughs> um, you know, often temporarily. Pluto exists. So I perceive the karmic story for him involves, I can't do my moon because Pluto exists. So that, that's one take on this. The next thing is that South Node ruler is Saturn. Now, South Node's Capricorn. And that tells me in the way I do this analysis, which you can read about in the Soul's Journey 1 and 2 and 3, this tells me about karmic conditioning and environments that he's born into in many lives that his soul co-creates with other souls. Therefore, a way he sees the world because he and his people have it in common. The soul group of family is seeing this together. Southland Ruler, by sign, tells me about his individual role in many lives, what how he shows up. So he's coming from a Capricorn place, but Saturn's an Aquarius, so he shows up as an Aquarian figure. Well, guess what? That Saturn is also Quincunx Pluto, <laughs> meaning that Pluto is actually the finger of a yod between Jupiter, Saturn, or Jupiter Moon and Eris, and Saturn sextiling each other, putting all this pressure on Pluto. Well, Pluto is about psychology. He's a professor of psychology. And also, Pluto is a lot about depression. I'd say that Pluto Quincunx Moon is a lot about depression, but Pluto in general is about being aware or having things from under the surface, things we don't want to deal with, come to the surface, and we are forced to look at them. The Lord of the Underworld and all that goes on there. We have to look at it. On that note, he's also a Scorpio sun with quite a lot of things in Scorpio. Uh, in the beginning, Mer uh, Juno at zero, Mercury at three, Sun at six, uh, Ceres at nine, Neptune at 15, True Black Moon Lilith at 19, Venus at 22, Vesta at 26, which means from zero to 26, he's got one Scorpio stellium. So quite a lot of his personality is wrapped up in this Plutonian reality and uh, this Plutonian way of being and seeing things, and he cannot escape Pluto. Finger of a yod means I can't. I feel I cannot escape it. So this is a source of some depression, potentially a source of depressiveness as well. The quincunx, the south node ruler, says I'm doing what I need to do, my Aquarian deal. I'm doing my Aquarian thing, and I'm quincunx by Pluto. I'm knocked off course in a damaging, probably um, traumatic way. Quincunxes seem, they, 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 they can be confusing and surprising, but they can also sometimes be traumatic. So this is why I use quincunxes, because in these situations, they answer, they answer uh, perplexing questions in crazy awesome ways. So, you know, you can actually look at your own chart without quincunxes and, and have one thing you don't really get. When you add that quincunx in, then you, you really get it. And just, to some degree, the semi-sextile as well, the, which is often called the inconjunct, 30 degrees, has similar kind of influence, like something coming at you from the side. You don't understand it. You don't speak the same language. 
um, and it can be kind of blindsiding in a very uncomfortable, uh, sometimes damaging way. So these are these things in this chart that I see. Also, um, Southland ruler Saturn is square, Ceres, Neptune, True Black Moon, Lilith, Venus, and by extension, the whole stellium in Scorpio, but all those things in Scorpio. So there's going to be, you know, Neptune, like Ceres, Neptune, Lilith, Venus, issues in Scorpio, power, control, loss, that square him, that knock, that, you know, that push him from the side and may distract him from doing what he feels like he needs to do. One of the, I, I didn't do a ton of research on him yet, but one of the things that I did read was that he wrote, um, he's written a number of articles, and one of them was about his mother's intention, like being present at his mother's intentional suicide following a long battle with ovarian cancer. Ceres, Neptune, Lilith, Venus, and Scorpio, square south node ruler. So, so this is another way of looking at something intense has affected him emotionally. The square is pushing on you. So anyway, I just wanted to give you this uh, way of looking at a chart in this way. You know, any chart can be looked at and interpreted in terms of this. Like like this same chart holder, this person can say, um, I love life and I'm happy. And every time uh, life gives me lemons, I make a key lime pie or whatever, right? I'm resourceful and creative and resilient, <laughs> or I make a lemon chiffon pie, uh, if life gives me a bunch of rotten apples, whatever. Um, and you can say, well, yes, well, I mean, Jupiter and Aries with moon square the nodes, like you've learned how to be resilient and have faith and optimism. But anyway, um, this is not to say these are the sources of depression, but I would just say that when you think about this, realize that this deep thing under the surface is what is affecting a person. We're going to, we as a culture have been working hard, hard, hard and earnestly, earnestly, earnestly endeavoring to look at the biochemical and intellectual, psychological sources of depression. But we have to look at the emotional sources, the energetic sources. This is the cusp of wacky, awesome, amazing evolution that we are poised upon. Will we continue looking at things through our minds or will we accept that mind is one perspective but we have to look at the whole person and start with emotion? So that takes me to the second break. This is Tom, your pal on the soul's journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back. getting grounded what about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body money and others energy worker and channel tom jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive clarifying and empowering energies of archangel metatron and ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin 
Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses, retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back. This is uh, The Soul's Journey, Astrology and Channeling with uh, Tom Jacobs on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the Earth in Tucson, Arizona. Usually I say something like, at this time of year, where the sun is slowly cooking me. I'm not going to say that this year. Well, I did. Anyway. Um, a karma show, what you believe it means. What you believe it means. Now, just wrapping up the Andrew Solomon thing, it doesn't mean that there is no biochemical... I'm not I'm not asserting there's no biochemical reality related to depression. What I'm saying is that the biochemical re reality related to depression that can show up actually is a manifestation of what's going on in the energy field and consciousness. Just like you know like I'm saying uh, if you break your leg there's <laughs> there's a broken leg but there's an energetic reflection that that shows you as well. If you get the flu, you've got the flu. But there's an energetic reality that that manifests within you. So, okay, the next thing is kind of short. And uh, my notes say, um, well, there's <laughs> years ago when I lived in L.A., I, I uh, had a neighbor who was an artist uh, whose name is Alex Foreman. I think I've mentioned her on the show before because this project uh, – her project was called Tall, Slim, and Erect, and it was a, a photography and um, a writing project about the image that we have of our American presidents, of American presidents, and um, that they were all morally upright people. And then, you know, since then, you, you find out, you know, since, since you were inculcated with this in the second and third grade, you, we found out quite a lot of things about different presidents that you know, do not fit this uh, thing. And of course, now we're with Pluto transiting through Capricorn. You know, about 16 years worth of opportunity, like 2008 to 2024, to really dash all of our, um, you know, moral 
moral tales about authority figures <laughs> against uh, the rocks of reality. So, so um, something I keep hearing the last maybe three or four years, anecdotally, like people talking about this kind of anecdotally in, in interviews and in, in articles, that um, uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't uh, sign the Emancipation Emancipation. <laughs> The Emancipation Proclamation, proclamation uh, because he was an abolitionist, but because he knew that slavery being legal was the problem that divided the states and kept the country from being united, and he knew that the country would not survive in these two parts, North and South. So Abraham Lincoln is a racist. Was, is, was. Okay, was. He's dead. It's okay. We can give him a break. Well, but so is just about everybody else. That's the key. So what I wanted to talk about, and I talk about this in uh, The Soul's Journey 3, a case study, because um, we are, we're in, a, in, a, in an unprecedented time of needing to really evaluate a bunch of different feelings attached to beliefs, which are karma, that are bubbling up from under the surface for many lives. So there are people who have always been conservative politically who are going to wake up and suddenly be liberal. People who are anti-spirituality suddenly find God or religion. People who are um, have never been interested in learning a foreign language and suddenly seized with it or vice versa. All these different changes that we might undergo, they're normal for a human life, but we may now uh, find that things are surfacing, but we don't realize it. So this notion that Abraham Lincoln was a racist, huh, what does that mean about you know our country? What does that mean? And um, it really means that we have to understand the historical context in which people live. We have to give them the benefit of the doubt, because if we interpret him, you know, that reality, you know, well, what does it mean that he was a racist? Well, what does that mean about him? But also, what did it look like for him? Did he, you know, say terrible things about people who were not pink or white is what we think, but were really pink, you know, Caucasoid people? Uh, or did he go out of his way to harm? You know, what does it mean that he was a racist? Well, there's an attitude about the other that is what we're talking about. So even if he never said a word, which I'm sure he did, but um, a lot of other people did too, it doesn't make it okay, but we have to understand that. So for you and your individual process, you have to be okay with the fact that part of you might have that surface. You might have elitism, classism, racism. You might have something like that surface in you, and it. what does it mean about you? It means that you are a multidimensional, energetic, conscious being who's having something surface from various parts of the timeline. That's what it means. I'm actually dealing with racism. I've mentioned this on the show. I am, um, my conscious personality is embarrassed, so I'm not going to give any details. I, I tell you guys a lot on the show, but I'm not going to talk about it, but I will point to it and say, yeah, I, I'm dealing with racism. And... It's not what I choose. It's not how Tom Jacobs, who has bent over backwards to develop healing tools to create more peace and harmony on the planet, 
That's not how he feels. But there's a thread or a note being played, a thread being pulled or a note being played in my consciousness that involves that. And here's the thing. Don't assume that you in some other life would never be a racist. I guarantee you that elsewhere on the timeline, if you are not in this life, you are. Because humanity's constant crisis is to try to figure out what to do with the other. <laughs> what, am, what is it supposed to mean that those people don't believe in the one true God? That's our God, this giant bird figure who, you know, inspires us to blah, blah, blah. Know, who brings us blah 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 and makes sure that uh, the clouds make rain so we can eat what, what does it mean that those people don't dress like we do what does it mean that they believe these other things or that they use this other way of doing things what does it mean that they dance that way ceremonially do they not see that that is the dumbest thing ever so this is a global crisis that we've been dealing with for as long as we've had any sense of togetherness us versus them so abraham lincoln was a racist but so were you <laughs> like yes you were too not every person all the time but uh yeah you were too so that's in you and uh the point isn't to hate racism the point is to love yourself because that's an expression of the divine trying to figure out how to figure out how to be the source of love what love is where it comes from and who's responsible for giving it to whom is the the key to the human game in all times all cultures and all places fearing the other not understanding the other making decisions about who they are without knowing them that is the human process and we can consciously choose at any given time, including now, today, tomorrow, and the next time something in you comes up about those people or whatever, or that idea, that belief, you know, that you choose to look at those people as expressions of the divine with different conditioning, different genetic profiles, different cultural inheritance that's how to be compassionate now if you say well I shouldn't do that I should be compassionate that's not being compassionate strive I mean actually do it strive at eh, whatever actually do this when you're looking at somebody that you think you're not supposed to like or you don't understand this could even be somebody who is your same skin color but has a different religion or something or has a religion where you have you know evolved beyond the need or something like that because you're awesome <laughs> but uh, that person who's different look at that person as a divine being strive to see the soul in that person open to do that and this is a tool for living this is the most important thing I can tell you on the show ever and you're hearing it today Okay, so strategies for dealing with other life selves or personas, what you would typically call a past life, but I think of as a soul's other lives, is really gone into in depth in the Soul's Journey 3. 
um, listen, but you don't have to act from their perspectives. Listen, and again, what is this feeling? What is this idea? What is this belief? And part of you will say, well, that's embarrassing, or that's hateful, or I shouldn't do that. Do it. Listen. Write it down. Well, maybe not write it down. But, you know, make sure, well, write it down, but at least know that this is what part of you is thinking or feeling, but you are more than that limited idea that part of you is emotionally attached to. So, moving on, this idea of women and children, um, three things that pop up for me, and this is actually a very long conversation, or could be, but uh, it's just the, the last third of the show tonight. A women who had children and regret it that we never hear about, but your pal Tom in his counseling practice uh, hears it about adult people who say, look, when I was such and such an age, my mom admitted to me that she didn't want children and she kind of regretted it. And we either worked it out or it was painful and we didn't. B, women who want children but can't or couldn't. C, Women who know with certainty having children is not for them. Now, this is this is for men and and you know couples together. But I wanted to talk about this for a second. This idea of women who had children and regret it, we never hear about that because it's awful, right? We don't want to think that. But uh, women who become mothers are conscious beings as well. They are also affected by karma. You know, the archetype of mother is presumed, I say it this way, the myth of motherhood is that a child makes a woman happy unless something's wrong with her. Well, <laughs> this is related to that radio interview I mentioned that I heard recently with Andrew Solomon about about uh, the new edition of his book. Um, but I actually had this written down last week before I heard that interview. In a different context, I was thinking about this. So the myth of motherhood is that children bring happiness. Well, myth is social instruction. It's meant to tell you how you're supposed to be. Archetype is how we actually live, what the thread of consciousness is actually about. So the myth of motherhood is this idealized, loving figure, unconditionally loving. And then if a woman is not like that with her child, we decide something's wrong with her. So imagine, I want to talk about the karma of this. Imagine being in some life and one version is being married off when you're 15 so that you're family can increase its herd. I used this example on the show before. Um, our 65 sheep, the father says to the other father, the father of the person the kid is sold off to, would really go well with your 45 head of cattle. Combine that, we'll share this. Here, here's the transaction. It's my... Uh, my my virginal daughter, who's 15, and this is this is our, you know, our our, our bond of faith here. We're we're joining our family's fortunes. So imagine having a kid in that circumstance, or eight, 
because now you're that 15 year old and suddenly you have to give children your only job in life is to give children to somebody else that you probably didn't know very well or may not even love may not want to open to energetically or physically but you're supposed to let that person inseminate uh, eggs in your in your body whatever life that looks like like let's say that things turned out well or things didn't turn out well doesn't matter in some other life having a child whether you're a man or a woman but today I want to kind of talking about women that is in your emotional body that original experience of that pressure that thing that obligation you're supposed to do it or everybody does it or happiness is dependent upon this or all the everyone in our family is focused on the family so we all have children so then in this life you're a woman you have a kid all that stuff comes up well maybe what that means in this life is that you didn't go to school maybe it means you didn't continue your career Maybe, you know, and that is a way of, of, that's kind of a culturally loaded thing about, well, you're supposed to want a career, but you're also supposed to want to have children. And really, women who have children are the kind of women that are really the only real women. That's one cultural thread. That's one, the myth of motherhood says that you have to do that to be the right kind of woman. There's something wrong with you if you don't is the cultural thing in our day and age there are many more women opting not to have children partly because of this karma <laughs> this this belief that's attached to all this stuff and these experiences else around the timeline it was probably harder not to so the idea of regret uh, the you know this uh, damages the child well, the kid, actually every human is on this trajectory to learn about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom, ultimately to choose to decide to become the source of love for oneself. So when somebody experiences that, the kid needs to learn to love the self in the way that the myth of motherhood didn't come through for him or her. The archetype of motherhood is that sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's challenging, full of sacrifice the the myth of motherhood is that there's something wrong with you if you don't love it right or if you don't want it there is a biological need to procreate but there's also a karmic reality so this thing about women who want children but can't or couldn't and women who know with certainty being having children is not for them that is actually covered in uh, the channeled books that that I that I have uh, brought through so approaching love contains that chapter but Jehudi speaks contains approaching love I recommend getting Jehudi speaks in paperback it's the first four channeled books um, but anyway that perspective is covered by the ascended master Jehudi also known as Thoth Saint Germain and Merlin in that book that takes us to uh, the end of the show thanks for playing you can subscribe to the archive through tdjacobs.com at this point about 132 episodes uh, and subscription to the archive is actually a perk included for subscribers to my monthly service, which has uh, tons of 
info for the coming month. I, I think of it as a user's manual that I produce every month for navigating that solar month. Videos and MP3s, sometimes some channel meditation, definite perks including discounts on classes and uh, different kinds of things. So that takes me to uh, the end of the show. I'm Tom from tdjacobs.com. I do readings, I do tutoring, and there is a deal for Soul's Journey, the Soul's Journey listeners of 10% off four hours at tdjacobs.com. And uh, next week, you will hear an interview with my friend and colleague, Marina Orms, on her new book, Cycles of Healing, and also her process with Pluto transiting her sun and Mercury on the midheaven of getting there to write it after having the idea for a couple of decades. So have a great week. Thanks for playing. And uh, you can read about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.